0: Hello, and welcome back to DTO Playbook Podcast. Uh, This is Shane Hosh, your host, and this is the podcast where we talk about the ups and downs and ins and outs of being a director of therapy and inpatient rehab. This episode, we're going to focus on a measure of staffing efficiency or productivity, and that's known as HPPD, and HPPD stands for hours per patient day. It's a fraction. So in the numerator, you would have the total hours worked by the therapist. So that's how many therapists you have in-house and how much time each of them are spending. um, there with you that particular day. And then the denominator is is census or how many patients are in-house on that same day. So that simple ratio will give you hours uh, per patient day. And one analogy to kind of think of HPPD that I like is just think of it like a gauge that you put on your tire to get an idea of how much pressure is in that tire. So our pressure in in inpatient rehab is how many patients are we seeing that particular day versus how many therapists we have. So if our pressure is really high, meaning we have a, a high number of patients needing to be seen, but our staff is limited or low, we're going to feel a lot of pressure that day. If it's the reverse if we have a bunch of staff and we don't have enough patients to go around then that tire is going to be You know running a little bit flat and the pressure in there's going to be low. So That's really HPPD. It's just a measure of how much pressure we're feeling in the department as a mixture of how many patients we need to cover and how much staff we have there to actually cover them and the best way to Get the hours is to just take them out of the payroll system. So when you're processing payroll, you'll take the the time punched in and out by hourly staff and put them on the HPPD spreadsheet. Salaried staff count eight hours, so you'll just transfer or put in eight hours for each of your salary staff working that particular day. The most consistent measure for census is going to be to take it out of the EMR and just it's a straight transfer. You'll go in the EMR and look for the patient days on that particular date, and then you'll put that number into your HPPD spreadsheet. So uh, that's how the, the equation works. It's, it's a stretch to call it an equation actually, it's just a ratio. Um, so now uh, wh- what's the benchmark or what's the metric? How do we know if we're running high or running low? So the benchmark is 2.80. So if you are uh, above that, then you'd wanna try to to make uh, measures to bring that back down and if you're below that so it's not hppd is not like golf where a lower score is better think of it more like you're playing darts and 2.80 is the bullseye that you're trying to hit every day um, really that's it's a stretch to say every day because every day in patient rehab is a little bit different so during the week is when you're seeing the majority of your three-hour days, so you have more staff in to cover that. And then on the weekends, that's where we're given short and long days, so we don't need as much staff. So even though census might stay very similar weekdays to weekends, how we staff for that's gonna change quite a bit. So on average, we want that to be 2.80, but it is more helpful to think about a weekday target and a weekend target. So a weekday target of 3.2 in a weekend target of 1.8 would give you an overall week average of 2.80 so that 2.80 for the week is your bullseye but if it's a during the weekday you're trying to hit 3.2 if it's a weekend you're trying to hit 1.8 so five days at 3.2 and two days at 1.8 will average out to 2.80 for the week and if you can replicate that week after week at the end of your month you should come in right at 2.80 as well. So that's the, the ratio, that's the benchmark. I, I, I think, let's elaborate a little bit on why lower is not necessarily better for HPPD. So if you're running and getting very low HPPD, that means that your census is really high and the hours that you're working your therapists um, are low. For that to happen, you really have to be loading up on your therapist so they're seeing a high number of minutes per therapist to get that done. That typically means you're doing a bunch of grouping, a bunch of concurrence, and your therapists are running pretty hot. And you're gonna run the risk of staff burnout at that point, or at least staff dissatisfaction that might trickle over into uh, patient satisfaction scores, suffering, because if your staff's not happy, it's hard to make your patients happy. So uh, if you see your HPBD running really low, uh, one, check the math, check what you're doing, make sure everything's right. But two, if everything's right, You need to uh, do a quick check on your staff and see if everybody's um, indeed running a little bit hot. So that's uh, the benchmark, 2.80 on average. So in that, we want to make sure that we're consistently and accurately getting our hours into the HPPD spreadsheet because that can make a big difference. if If there's errors in how we're tracking things, then we're gonna see that come through and probably some HPPD scores that might be off. So let's talk a little bit about uh, consistency. When we're recording hours for salaried staff, that's always gonna be pretty solid eight hours. And then for hourly staff, it's gonna be probably close to eight hours, but it's gonna be the time that they're actually on the clock, so they're punched in time from the payroll system. It might end up being something like 7.85 or 7.92. There is a a point to consider in this. If if your hourly staff or your salaried staff are spending uh, two hours or more in tasks or activities that are away from patient care, and this examples could be like training during your monthly orientation or your your annual refresh. Maybe they're helping with a, a health fair across town, so they're helping the marketing department. If they're away from patient care role for two hours or more, we want to take that time out of the HPPD spreadsheet. It's going to stay in the payroll system, of course, and it's going to stay on on the books as a cost, but it shouldn't be part of your hours per patient day calculation because they're not available and they're not actually there to treat patients. So take that time out of the spreadsheet. couple other uh, points that come to mind in that could be if they leave early or come in late for a a dentist or doctor appointment or maybe it's a family obligation and that's mostly for the salaried staff so because they count a default eight hours you'll need to reduce them in your HPPD spreadsheet if it's two or more hours that they're out of the house Uh, your your hourly folks, because they won't be clocked in for some of those activities that are just personally related, uh, then that would automatically flow through in the payroll system and you wouldn't have to, again, take that off for a second time. So point is, if if they're out two or more hours in non-patient care duties, then let's make sure that we're, we're taking care of that appropriately for the HPPD spreadsheet. Uh, the second point is for your new hires. So with the new hires, we don't want them to feel like that we're pushing them off in the deep end of the pool. We want to ease them in rather from the shallow end and get them up and running before they start start to get counted towards HPPD. So there's a two week period that when they start, we're not going to include their time in, in our HPPD calculations. And part of that time, they're going to be in hospital orientation anyway. The other part, you know, they're learning well, Sky. They're learning how you do things, and they're not going to be up and running and fully productive. Maybe not even at that two-week point, but they're going to be getting pretty close to it at that point. So, for the first two weeks, don't include them on your HPPD calculations. Uh, third point is uh, for team leads; they will do things that aren't going to be in in patient care uh direct patient care times and these still need to be added in for your hppd calculations however so examples would be if you if they're working on tier or they're working on census or if they're working on staffing or weekend preparation these these do need to be included in hppd however if the same same uh, circumstances come up for your team leads like we talked about for salaried staff and hourly staff earlier, then go ahead and reduce the team lead time. So if they are helping with marketing uh, across town at a fair, and they're out for more than two hours, uh, take that time out. Or if they're going to be late coming into work because of an appointment, then take that time out. But your team lead duties related to running your department should be part of your HBPD time calculations. The last point on this is that your director, you, me, director of therapy, our time doesn't count in HPPD, nor does time for your therapy texts. So your PCT time should not be included in your HPPD calculations. So if you're following those four points, you will be accurately recording and including time in your uh, HPPD spreadsheet, which will then in turn give you a more accurate invalid HPPD score at the end of the day. So those are just factors related to consistency and accuracy. There are other bigger factors at play that will influence your HPPD. So if you're struggling and your HPPD is running high, then this next section will probably give you some ideas that you can uh, look at to see if they might help you bring that HPPD score back down to where it needs to be, near that 2.80 on average. So let's jump into a couple of those. Um, The first one is census. So if census is running low, then it is gonna be tougher to make your HPPD benchmarks. So census is the denominator in that ratio. The smaller that number, the harder it is gonna be to have that HPPD be where you want it to be so when census is running low and you think about the last time you ran a low census for an extended period of time i mean that's that's really tough sledding time because to try to make things uh, better and more efficient we kind of have to get to the point where we're calling staff off not only prn staff but we'll get to the point where we're calling off full-time staff and if we have to do that for very long the trade-off is going to be lower staff morale And it also limits us or it hamstrings us from being able to do concurrence and groups during that time period. Cause it's just, uh, it's bad form to call off full-time staff and continue to run groups and do a lot of concurrent treats, um, trying to maintain efficiency levels during periods of low census. During that time, just develop a little bit of a, uh, a tolerance towards HPPD running a little bit higher and we're gonna let it run high on purpose. We can make up for that later on, but this is the time where we wanna make sure that we're investing in our staff and letting them know that we understand what they're going through. And we are trying to be mindful and balance that dichotomy of of call offs versus maintaining efficiency. So if census is low, it's just gonna be tougher to make your HPPD benchmarks during a low census time. Um, I look back on last year, and as an example in august our census was 28.7 which is low for us and our hppd was 2.90 so again the target for the month was 2.80 but we logged to 2.90 and we had 29 call-offs last august so we were using call-offs to help kind of mitigate how how Probably inefficient we would have been had we not done that, but even with those 29 call offs, we still came in with an HPPD of 2.90. Now, in contrast, when we looked at September, our average daily census was 35.7, and in September, our HPPD was 2.75, and we only had nine call offs, and of those, um, they tended to be with PRN staff, and we had really zero full time staff call offs in September. So that We didn't staff any differently in terms of how we approach our staffing in August versus September. It was just that August came in at a really low ADC, whereas September was a a much more normal 35.7. So, But just realize census has a big impact on your HPPD. So the second factor that also has a very big impact on it is your therapist loading. So your therapist loading is how many minutes of patient care time each therapist is going to see for that particular day. And this is really set the day before. So if we're planning for tomorrow, we're going to look and see how many patients do we have in-house, how many admits are we expecting, so we can plan what size team we need to have to take care of the patients the right way tomorrow. So take an example of a census of 37 that included two admissions. So those two admissions wouldn't need to be seen that day. That would give us a working census of 35. If each of those 35 patients were seen for three hours of therapy, that would give us a total of 6,300 minutes of therapy that we'd need to cover for that day. So to best plan and best kind of make the right size staff to take care of that 6,300 minutes, we want to look at what HPPD would be in a few different scenarios of how much we're loading the therapist. So for one example, we have uh, six and a half hours a day that our inpatient therapists treat. So if if we said, hey, everybody, just see one-on-ones all day long, no concurrence, so our techs aren't gonna be used to help with any treatments, they're just gonna be there for other purposes, but we're gonna load at 390 minutes. So for that six and a half hours, To cover that 6300 minute caseload i'm going to need 16.2 therapists working full time to be there to take care of that that would give me about 129.2 hours worked and our hppd would come in at 3.49 so our target during the week is 3.2 so if everybody always saw one-on-one care we would never make that 3.2 goal for hppd So that says, hey, we need to do some concurrence and and or groups to uh, make our, our productivity benchmark. So give everybody one concurrent. So that would go from a 390 minute day to a 420 minute day. So at a 420 minute load, we would need 15 therapists That would give us hours worked at 120, and 120 over 37, which would give us an HPPD of 3.24. And that's getting us close, so our our benchmark goal is 3.20 during the week, and this is bringing us in at 3.24, so we're getting close. So let's look at adding one more concurrent to the mix. So there would be uh, two concurrents, or you could do some mixture of grouping in there to help get to a 450 minute day. So at a 450-minute day, uh, we would need 14 therapists in house. Hours worked would be 112, and then HPPD would come in at 3.03. So somewhere between that 420 and 450-minute loading is our ideal, our ideal spot to hit that 3.20 benchmark. But we can't because we schedule in 30-minute blocks it's tough to say, hey, get everybody at 427 minutes and it's all going to work out because scheduling that that 27 minutes is awkward and it doesn't fit in with how we treat and bill and schedule patients. So it's better to set and say our daily targets for each of the therapists is going to be 420 to 450 minutes. So that's our plan. As we're getting ready for tomorrow, we're looking to load the patient or load the therapist at 420 to 450 days and that's going to help us to get to that hppd of 3.20 so if you're not planning that way now that's that's probably one of the things that you can start doing that would give you the biggest impact on making your hppd um, come out to to the benchmarks so just plan uh, based on how many patients you're going to have in-house Look at how many therapists you need to get that job done, loading them at a 420 to 450 minute day. Um, I'll just say as a side note, like that 420 to 450, we've been doing this for years at, at RIPR and it works out really well. The therapists are getting burned out and leaving. Uh, we have very, very low turnover. Uh, we have very high patient satisfaction. We have very high outcomes. Yeah, and this model has has proven itself to work really well um, over the, the the time period I've been DTO here in New Braunfels. So, 420 to 450. If you're loading at that, we're doing you're doing uh, you're starting your day off at least on a good foot. So that census therapist loading um, PRNs. So PRNs will factor a couple of ways into HPPD. Uh, one way is their productivity so our prn staff is typically about 83 percent as productive as our full-time staff and that can be for a few different reasons it can be uh, because they're not familiar with the patients so they take longer for chart review it could be they're not as familiar with WellSky, so they take longer to actually document and get get the information back into the emr it can be um, their laptops because they cycle through and use different laptops for whatever technological reason, which I don't fully understand, they'll have a harder time logging in, it'll take longer to log in, they'll get locked out more, they're gonna be on the phone with IT more. So all these things are frustrations for the PRN staff, but they ultimately keep them from being quite as productive as our full-time staff. So one part of PRN usage is productivity. The other part is is shift durations so at, at our facility unless we talk with a therapist ahead of time um, we're going to pretty much say hey if you're going to go through the hassle of getting dressed getting ready and driving in we're going to try to work you at least for half of the day so in that respect if i had two two prn therapists coming in for a half day that's going to be harder for me to make HPPD versus having one PRN therapist there for the full day. And the reason behind that is, is because your, your caseload is, it, it kind of, it, think of like an inspiration, expiration cycle and breathing. Your caseload follows that same thing. The night before, the day before, we are stretched and we're fully expanded and uh, is to cover everything that we think is going to come in tomorrow and that every patient is going to be present and be ready to go for us to see them. So we're fully stretched and expanded like you just took a big deep breath in. We're expanded out, fully ready to cover whatever comes our way. But then the next morning, the caseload starts to contract a little bit. So. Maybe overnight somebody went LOA. Maybe we didn't get one of the evals that we were expecting to come in. So it just contracts a little bit. A few of the outpatients call and cancel. It contracts a little bit more. One of the inpatient doesn't feel good. They're nauseated. They don't want to participate in therapy. It contracts a little bit more. So we need to have a plan in place as directors to handle that that contraction and caseload in the most common way is to shorten a PRN's day. That's already in house but if they're only there for a half a day we can't shorten them very much or at all because now we start to make it not worth their time and effort to come in to help us out if they come in expecting to be there and then we shorten them shorten them and say hey after an hour or two um, sorry we shortened your day and now it's time to go home however if they're there for the full day we can shorten them down to that half day and they know that and expect that and we've talked about that system ahead of time so if you have an option try to use prns um, for a full day versus a half a day and it'll make it a little bit easier to handle that caseload contraction and make it a little bit easier to make your hppd the next factor for hppd is the number of weekend days you have zero influence on how many weekend days you're going to get in a given month But there'll be a few months where you're going to end up with five weekends or four and a half weekends. And because weekends run a lower HPPD, that makes your overall average a little bit lower for the month. And just mathematically, it makes it a little bit easier to make HPPD for a month where you have those extra weekend days. So those are always nice. Um, Next factor would be the number of admissions. Because we do not typically see, therapists do not typically do evals on day one, But that patient is in-house and they count towards census on day one. So if you got five admits, many times when we get five admits, we're like, oh man, we're going to be busy. But there's a little part of me that says we got five admits. That's a free 15 hours towards HPPD today that's going to make my HPPD number lower and make it easier and better trying to make that overall average for the month so that first day because we don't have to see them that's like a free 15 hours of of staffing towards hppd uh, because i know those patients are going to be in-house but we're not actually going to start treating them until tomorrow so the number of admits you get on a particular day is going to make it easier to make hppd if that number is higher the same works the opposite way. If you get zero admits and you're sending people home and you don't have anybody replacing that, that's going to make that day's HPPD a little bit harder to make because you're not getting any of those admits counting towards your, your, your score for that particular day. So the number of admits factors pretty significantly into your HPPD values. And you can really see this over the course of a week if your census is climbing. So for example, one week we went from 31 to 38 uh, in census, and our average HPPD in that week was 2.78, which is just a, a, a bit below our 2.80 benchmark, and a lot of that's just attributed to the fact that we were, were growing census that week. In contrast, if census is shrinking, so in a different week, we went from 38 to 32 in census, and our HPPD was 2.89. So keep in mind, our staffing strategies aren't any different. The main factor in those two different HPPD scores was the fact that in one week, census was expanding or increasing, that we were getting more and more patients in, versus the other week where census was declining or decreasing okay the next factor is the number of discharges Um, discharges are really a wash because you're not treating patients typically on the day of discharge and they don't count towards census because it's a midnight count then they don't factor into hppd at all unless you're going to be asked to treat them on the day of discharge in that case you're treating somebody that's in-house and is there, but they're not actually counting towards the census. So you're having to spend more therapy time uh, without getting the the return and actually seeing them factor into the census number. Last one is DTO treatment times. We mentioned earlier that the DTO time does not count towards HPPD. So if we are in there and we're treating patients, then we are contributing towards a, a kind of reduction in the number of therapy hours work because we're able to take care of a patient or we're able to take care of part of that census without actually contributing hours into the, the overall HPPD calculation. Um, this is a great strategy at times, maybe when somebody calls in sick or it's just an hour or two in a given day to help smooth things out. it's and It helps get us out of the office and out from the desks and the spreadsheets and it, you know it's a nice break up in the day but the more th- that we are treating patients the less time we are being DTOs and really our department does need us doing our DTO roles functioning as leaders um, functioning to teach and train and coach up the staff and take care of things so that way we can keep it running smooth and Uh, make it a, a good workplace for our, for our teams. So just realize we don't count towards HPPD our time, but boy, if we're doing it a whole bunch, that department will start to feel the strain. So it's not a great strategy to try to reduce HPPD by having your, your director treat a bunch. And that's our episode. That's HPPD in a nutshell. In closing, just think of it as a marker for how much pressure your department's under on any given day. And then hopefully at the end of the the month, you're able to balance out all those factors and bring in your HPPD near 2.80. So thanks for tuning in as always, and we'll be back with you soon with another episode of DTO Playbook Podcast. Thank you.